0: Hey guys, welcome to this month's Mental Leadership Network podcast. It's uh, just awesome to join you today. I'm actually standing on Masada in Israel. So we do a biblical study tour about every three years. Uh, from church and we go and we just go throughout the entire country and we study the Word of God and we look at different places and see how God's Word comes to life and it is incredible and I, I just want to invite you at some point to come uh, maybe in the future maybe on your bucket list uh, but you just see it just kind of moves from black to white to color you know as you're reading the gospels as you're reading the Old Testament you're looking through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy and you're just watching God's Word come to life and so it's awesome, but I'm standing here actually on Masada, which is one of the most famous places in the world. Uh, Masada here uh, was surrounded by the Romans. It was actually during the uh, Roman the rebellion of the Jews against the Romans in AD 66. And uh, then the temple was actually destroyed in AD 70, which was prophesied in the Bible that it would happen. Jesus even talked about that and no stone left on another stone and so a bunch of zealots came up here and they used this as kind of their headquarters against the romans and then the romans brought the 10th legion about A.D. 71 and surrounded this entire place and they built a siege ramp up here and the and the people up here the zealots the jews had to make a decision you know do we do we try to stay and fight the romans uh we're not going to win or you know what do we do we become slaves they're going to abuse our women so Uh, they actually cast lots and we found the lots the archaeologists found these lots that they cast to decide who would kill you know their wife and their children and then it would get down to where there'd be one left and they cast lots to see who that one would be and then they would end up committing suicide when the romans finally broke through they saw that they had all committed suicide up here. Uh, But it kept the Roman legion down here for a long time and and this has kind of become a place almost like Remember the Alamo. So we just saw a bunch of Israeli troops up here, 18 year old. When you go, you know, at 18 you have to go men and women into the military here in Israel and they come up here to Masada and they talk about, you know, being able to fight and stand and so it's kind of their Remember the Alamo up here. But Pretty incredible place. Herod the Great built this. And so we're just taking people around. And in 1999, I came on my first trip to Israel and I brought a group of high school seniors. And, and I remember how life impacting it was for me and for them. And so many of them are in ministry or you know, still just, just spiritual leaders at their churches and leading Bible studies at community groups, many are at our church. And uh, so it's been awesome to see. But I met a guy in 1999 named Yoni and Yoni became our tour guide. and. Uh, And so I've worked with him for, I can't believe it, 20 years. Because it's 2019 now as we're shooting this. And we've got 30 people from church here in this place. But I want you to hear from Yoni. Because what makes him so special is, man, he loves Jesus. I mean, he's just got a heart for the Lord. He actually grew up as a pastor's son in Colorado. He went to Belmont. And after his freshman year, he's like, do I really believe this? You know, and so if I'm going to really believe it, I'm going to go to the home of three major world religions and i'm going to go to the jerusalem and go where christianity and islam and where judaism all kind of originated and i'm gonna i'm gonna spend time there and when he was here he went on an archaeological dig and he said i met god in the desert you know i'm out there digging and researching and i'm starting to read the scriptures for myself and it was just like god revealed himself and this guy is just on fire for the lord i mean he loves jesus he's a husband and married Dalia who's It was the daughter of the guy who was the pastor of First Baptist Jerusalem and and, uh, now they are leading in their church. They've got four kids and to see his life over 20 years and he's been here 35 years, he's one of the leading guides in all of Israel. Uh, but what he loves is just loves the Lord. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. And you know, on men's leadership, that's our heartbeat. You know, we want to introduce you to men from all different kind of walks of life, all different kinds of you know abilities to serve and jobs and careers, and see godly men. Whether they're mayors of cities or whether they're athletes or coaches or guides or businessmen. All of us have a purpose for our lives and for us to be where God has us and for us to be serving the Lord and making a difference right where we are in our day and our generation and then to be godly husbands and fathers and to use whatever God's entrusted to us to lead other people to Him. And that's what Yoni's been doing for, you know, 30 years now as a guide here in Israel. He's pointing people to Jesus and saying, hey, look, read the Bible, read the whole Old Testament. It's pointing to the Messiah. Hey, read the New Testament and see Jesus and have an encounter with him that will transform your life. And so I want to invite you down to the Ramon Crater, just down a few miles. And we're going to sit on the edge of that Ramon Crater and we're going to have a conversation with Yoni. Hope you enjoy this kind of time as we meet with Yoni right now. Hey, I'm sitting here with uh, Yoni Garish, and Yoni is our guide in Israel, and uh, Yoni, thank you. I've been uh, been able to be with you for 20 years now. Can you believe that? 1999 was my first trip over here. Each to... time is like the first time. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it's like you take me somewhere new, like you take me here to the wilderness, which is incredible just to see this. Hey, tell us a little bit of your story, how you ended up in Israel and how you started guiding.
1: In, in, in kind of a nutshell, I ended up, volunteering on some projects here, and one of the projects turned out to be a fantastic uh, introduction into historical geography and archaeology, and a lot of it happened right here in this crater. Wow. And I I could also say, this is where the Bible came to life for me, right here, Uh, which is a fantastic thing to say, because wilderness and word are connected in Hebrew, so this is where the word came to life for me in the wilderness.
0: Mm. I love that. So, tell us where we are, exactly are we right now?
1: Okay, in modern times this is called the Ramon Crater, Machtesh Ramon, and it's a big, um, it's, it's caused by erosion basically. You're not very far from Kadesh Barnea in miles, probably like 20 miles. Okay. So, you're not far from where Israelites would have been for a number of years, maybe as much as 38 years. You're also not far from the wilderness of Paran, where the spies were launched out. Um, that's probably a little bit behind us here. And uh, we're not far from the Arava Valley. The Edomites would have been around here, a lot of Amalekites. And of course, Israelites would have passed through here as
0: well. It's amazing. I mean, so much history is right right here in this place. So, and to think about that and to think about, man, I mean, God was sustaining His people. Because you talk about Kadesh Baria, I mean, 38 years God provided out of the Exodus, right? So Moses leading the people across this wilderness right here to the Promised Land. And god met them here and sustained them so how did that happen i mean like how did he <laughs> mean,
1: it's like answering how their sandals didn't wear out yeah it's a miracle yeah. i mean you can't sustain 20 people i couldn't if i had a tour group of 20 people i wouldn't be able to keep them alive for even a day and a half without food and water you would die you would you would perish here it's mm. it's really daunting uh, to try to survive here without there, I mean, as you can see, there's very little yeah. that you could possibly find to eat or drink. Yeah. So you really need God in a place like this. Wow.
0: So how, how does this inspire you? How does this being down here? Because I know you love it down here.
1: <laughs> well, it's quite personal on the one hand. It's, it's a place where the Bible really impacted me. It came to life for me here, and I've imparted that over the last say 32 mm. years or so with youth groups and church groups and all kinds of people hoping that sort of the recipe would work for them as well it usually does but not quite like mm. i would hope to set it up yeah um you know to get a bunch of youth group kids out here and and let them sweat it out a bit and then you know uh talk and, tell them about how god you know fed people and and uh, still takes care of people today so in a wilderness moment in your life, you can cry out to God and He'll take care of you. So it definitely applies to our modern life and our modern walk mm. in, in our faith. Yeah.
0: Well, your, your story is amazing. I mean, how God, you know, brought you from the States and you came here. And uh, how did you get into guiding? How did you take that step to say, hey, I want, I want to help people experience uh, this part of the world? Uh, In a way, it was such
1: a it was a far-fetched dream. As a matter of fact, somebody even interviewed me once at Belmont College Mm. when it was still a college and uh, They said what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said well, I would love to be a tour guide in Israel, but I don't have all the languages and that was uh, that was about 1986 so I didn't realize that things would unfold the way they did and I end up being um, ushered into it actually uh, almost It's almost a miracle how I got into it. And um, I was guiding tours by 1990, so only four years later uh, it came to pass. So, did God put that in my heart? Probably. Uh, I certainly felt inadequate. I still do sometimes. Not being Jewish and not 100% Israeli, I feel inadequate in some ways. But when it comes to the Bible and Scripture and stories, and revelations. Uh, I feel like I, I have something to share. Mm. And I also benefit each time I come here with a group because I learn something new and yeah. God impacts me with something deep
0: and special. So uh, every trip is a treat. Mm, I love that. Every trip is a treat. Because it is. I mean, it really is. And uh, Gosh, I think I've been with you six, almost seven times now. This is the seventh. And uh, just to see every time I mean, my life is impacted and changed uh, they call you Indiana Jones over here. How did you get that nickname? Well, I don't deserve most of <laughs> the nicknames I have,
1: but a, a youth group early on, they realized I, I'm, I'm an outdoors person and I, I really drive people to to go beyond their limits sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and uh, my name is, you know, I'm a John or a Jonathan, yeah. but in Hebrew, Yoni, like, like Johnny, and somebody just morphed it into Jones. And then before I knew it, it was Indiana Jones. Mm. But, you know, we don't talk about
0: that. <laughs> it's because you do all these archaeological digs. You do crazy things. I mean, you like walk from Jerusalem to Jericho, and you like stand on the edge of cliffs. You take tour groups, all these hikes up these cliffs. and It's incredible, though. But, but you love that. It's not just go to the same places. You like to get people to experience it.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think... I'm I'm sort of driven and motivated, and I want to be. I want the groups to be impacted like I've been impacted because mm. I don't have a license. I'm not the only recipient of all these um, amazing things that have happened. I think everybody should get a a, uh, a taste of you know God revealing Himself to people in the wilderness. Yeah. Everybody should have that moment. Mm.
0: Well, I tell you, I love being here, and I love we're going to have the opportunity in the next few days to go to to the Red Sea, we'll snorkel there and then we'll go up to the Dead Sea and float there and then the Gedi and then we'll go up to Galilee and then into Jerusalem and uh, you just see the Bible come to life. Um, What would you say, like every guy watching, I mean, would you encourage people to come to Israel at some point?
1: Oh, absolutely. It is quite expensive and I can understand the drawbacks financially. But one trip here will add color to Mm. what might have been black and white previously. Most people read the Bible from a distance. They don't realize um, that there's a physical place and there's, there's you know, landscapes like this that they wouldn't have imagined. Mm. And uh, I, I think that everybody could benefit. It's not just a pilgrimage. It's not just come see the place. It's usually you get impacted. And I almost think that God invites each person to come here so they he can have that moment and show you know, here's what I have for you, or here's something that uh, will benefit you, keep you mm-hmm. for the rest of your days.
0: I love that. I mean, it really does. Every time I'm here, I just, it's like God speaks to me in a different way. And then you, you can't read the Bible the same. I mean, it, it, just seeing the topography, the historical geography, starting to know where places are, and thinking, man, the children of Israel right here, you know, or Jesus walked right here, you know. And, I mean, it, it's just a, un. un unbelievable. So I love that. Hey, what makes you special to me? You know, people come on pilgrimages to Israel uh, and there's a lot of really great guides um, and a lot of Jewish guides. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, But you have a personal relationship with Christ. Talk about how you became a Christ follower and then how that even impacts your touring and guiding today.
1: Well, it's kind of a a long story, but I, I'm the son of a pastor, right? Mm. So, I was born into it. And over the years, I sort of rejected a lot of what my parents were doing. And and eventually, God turned me around. Mm. And, and at the moment He turned me around, He also introduced this place to me. So, He, he, he not only refocused me and changed my direction, He changed my location. Mm. And gave me, uh, I, I would say, a vision for you know, a purpose here. And so I try to impart that with tourists, you know, give them something of purpose when they go home. Mm. So it's not, um, again, it's not something I feel like I own, but it's something I can share Mm. at the same time.
0: How does your relationship with Christ impact uh, the way you guide, the way you lead?
1: Well, you're constantly looking for something deeper in the text. And you're mm. constantly praying for something that would, would be of value, mm. not just words, not just a sight and a, and a verse. What really could impact it? How can I apply this to my life? How can people apply this and take it home? Mm. What, what, what would help there? So I think um, being a believer, you know, first of all, just being a believer in God mm-hmm. is, is different. Most people don't, there's a lot of secular guides and there's a lot of great guides, but you know, just to be a believer, uh, really does give a person an advantage, and not to be a, it's not intended to be a financial advantage. It's, uh. it's intended to really just help people face, uh, you know, life is full of hard things. Mm-hmm. This land is full of hard rocks. But God used all these hard images and said, you know what, you can be comforted by this. Mm. I'm like a rock, and I can comfort you, mm. and I'm going to stay with you everywhere you go that, I don't know. Let's you have to be that. here and see it and feel it before it kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. What do you hope people take away when they leave? What do you, what do you hope that uh, when they leave from being here on a tour, whether it's a 10 days, 12 days, but then they go back, what, what do you hope they go back with?
1: Well, it's there's many levels to my hope. Some of my hope is that they would have an appreciation for also the Jewish people. Mm. Uh, historically, the Christian community hasn't been so positive and and it's been un- unfortunate. So I feel like part of my job is to help people not uh, harbor certain feelings or you know misread certain texts and attitudes that could develop in something into something anti-Semitic. So mm-hmm. I feel that's part of my job. Um, and I, I also feel like God has put me here to help strengthen people when they do go back, uh, because life is really complicated, really challenging, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, God had His people, the Israelites, go through a hard wilderness for 40 years. I feel like I've gone through some hard years, Mm -hmm. some wilderness years. And now I'm stronger and I I would hope to impart that Mm -hmm. to other people.
0: I love that. I love that. You talk about um, just helping people come here in appreciation for Jewish people and culture and life. I mean, you've been immersed uh, for 35 years here. This is your home. Um, Tell us about coming here and then meeting Dahlia, your wife, and how all that unfolded.
1: Okay, (laughs) we have a lot of camera time here. Um, When I first arrived here, quite young and green, um, I went to this church in Jerusalem and encountered a lot of people that I would I had no idea at the time, but they're part of my life uh, at this point. So I actually met my wife when she was only 11. Uh, and I was a part-time youth director at, at, at that same church for a short period of time. And then God directed me elsewhere. I ended up working archaeology and other things. Um, but it's funny that, you know, you look back at it later and you go, oh, oh, he gave me a little purview, a little a little window into what would transpire, a little bit of the future. And, and that's that's it's kind of amazing. it mm. uh, doesn't happen every day. But it reinforces his goals, it reinforces his purpose. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't have I don't have uh any better words than just mm.
0: impact. Yeah. So you had Dollar met and then you got married and just decided to stay and and just make this your home. How did like? But her family and your family.
1: Um, oddly enough, my parents also end up living here for a number of years, mm. and so when I did get married, my father and her father both married us. Mm. So it was a, a joint family um, project and uh, project. It was a <laughs> joint family effort, and everybody got a chance to bless us. So mm. it, it was quite powerful, mm. and. I I, honestly I didn't know if you would ask me when I first came here in 82 where I would be after a few I had no idea I would be here so Mm. so long Um, of course I wanted to but I had no idea and I had no means to make it happen so it really the Lord had to open up all the right doors Um, I feel very blessed and very happy that my family is here my children have grown up here born and raised here this is a part of them and I do my best to, to get them out and to explore the biblical landscapes out our back door. And uh, there's almost, you know, not a, there's almost not a better feeling in yeah. the world to be able to step into the Bible out the back door of your house.
0: I mean, you have a bunch of incredible achievements. I mean, you're one of the leading guides in all of Israel. I mean, you, you've done so many things and so many archeological things, but what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Generosity.
0: Mm. You know, I love that answer because We've been doing a lot of Men's Leadership Network for a long time, and nobody's ever said that as their legacy. I do think that shows a, a godly heart. I mean, your heart's tender, Yoni, and that's why I love working with you. And um, I love the way you love, I mean, you, you know, you love your wife, you love your kids, but it's like you love every every person on your tour group, you know, every, every person that comes from our church over here, uh, they walk away and they just say, man, he like really loved me, you know, and he cared about me. And um, I think you're most like God when you give, don't you? I think so.
1: Yeah. Um, It's either, you know, you're remembered for the love you shared in in, in a generous way, or you're remembered for your bad jokes.
0: Yeah. So I we go for love. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every time. So uh well i just want to say thank you um seriously thank you for um pouring into our church for pouring into our people um for pouring into so many people um you know you you live it right i mean i know you're here in israel but it's not a job for you it's a calling right and uh i love that about you because god called you to be even at a young age god called you to be a guide and to lead people through this land that is called holy, you know? I mean, and um, people have been journeying here for centuries uh, ever since Psalm 84 and (laughs) and Psalm 122 and and all this call to make a pilgrimage to this place. People have been coming and their lives have been changed. And uh, so thank you. Thanks for what you do and and the way you live it out. I mean, you're you're involved in your church. I mean, you lead worship. And you're involved in charity, and you work with people in their hearts and their lives. And uh, so I just, I love serving God with you, my friend, and so thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your heart. Thank you. Hey guys, what a powerful interview with Yoni. And uh, I tell you, he has a heart for the Lord, and you can see that. You know, as he talks about his legacy wanting to be generosity, and what he means by that, right, is generosity of time and giving back and serving. And what I love about Yoni is, is, is not only is he a biblical scholar, archaeologist, historical geography, and, and have masters and PhD work and all these things that he's done and, and just excelled in the field of study that he's in, but man, he's a man after God's heart. And he volunteers and leads worship at his church. Here in Jerusalem, his family's involved in church and serving, you know, his kids are involved and, uh, you know, helping with sound or helping in Bible study. And, and I just love that and his desire to, to use whatever gifts he has and to be generous. And I pray that for all of us, right? Just open-handed, living our lives, right? Not close fist and trying to hold on to everything, but saying, God, here I am. Let me be generous. Let me pour into others. Let me give back and make a difference. And, and I pray that for all of us. You know, God has you in the field you're in for a reason for a purpose. And Yoni being a tour guide and one of the leading tour guides in all of Israel, you know, for him it's not just a way to earn income, it's a way to further God's kingdom. It's a way for the Word of God to come to life for a lot of people and then people go back. And whether they're going back to the UK or going back to Australia or going back to the United States, they're going back with a heart full full of love and grace and knowing God and his word and having a deeper understanding for the Old Testament and the New Testament, having a deeper understanding of Christ and what Jesus wants to do in your heart and your life. It's only Christ who could change a heart, you know, and so whatever you're going through, just know there's always hope. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who cares about you and sent his son. You know, as I stand here in Israel, I just want to encourage you, hey, think about how you can continue to grow in your faith. And maybe for you, you know, it's each day, you know, I'm going to read the Word of God. We've got an app called the Rolling Hills app, and there's a daily step on there that you can take and, you know, just go each day. There's scripture to read. We have our Man Minute that comes out every Friday and to help you just grow deeper in your faith and hear from other men. Also, right here, these podcasts once a month. Uh, But then after that, start thinking about how can I serve? And maybe for you it's going on a mission trip. Maybe you do that individually or maybe you do that you know, if you're married with your spouse or you got some friends or, or maybe taking your kids and saying, how can I help them develop a stronger faith and a deeper knowledge? And then maybe one day it is coming to Israel. It's coming here on a biblical study tour. It's coming here to learn and to grow deeper. And I, and I know maybe that's on your bucket list and there's different seasons of your life when you could do that. But being with somebody like Yoni, being here with a group of people where, hey, iron sharpens iron and so one man sharpens another and we learn and we grow. So just encourage you to jump in and get involved, you know? And let's live our lives with open hands. Let's live our lives, a life of generosity. Let's give back. And you guys, that's what Men's Leadership Network's about. It is locking arms together and encouraging one another and for us to be all that God has created us to be. For us to reach our full potential in Christ. And so whatever area you are, whether you're in politics or whether you're in education or whether you're in business or, or whatever, use that for the glory of God. And say, God, you put me here for a reason or for a purpose. And it's not simply to make money for me and to build my own little kingdom. It's for me to grow and to share and to pour into others, to be generous. And I encourage all of us to live that way. So thanks for tuning in today. Let me pray for us as we close this time on our Men's Leadership Network podcast. Father God, thank you for all that you're doing, God, in this place. Thank you for Yoni. Bless him, God. Bless his family, his ministry, and the lives that he's impacting for your glory. And God, I pray that you would bless every man watching right now. And you would give us a desire, Father, to know you deeply and to further your kingdom, God. Let us be men who are generous. When people look at us, they say, hey, it's not all about them. It's about the Lord. So God, thanks for this time. And God, thanks for all that you're teaching us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks guys for joining us. Tune in next month uh, for our next podcast and God bless you.